0: Good guy in a bright red suit And he always wears goggles and a belt that's a beauty He was a crook but he reformed and then He reformed and
1: reformed and reformed, and reformed again oh, 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 Plastic Man, Plastic Man The one, the original Elastic Man Always in great shape for the shape he's in The fantastic Plastic
0: Man, Plastic Man, Plastic Man. He can stretch his neck,
1: treetop high, and stretch his arms till they touch the sky. And stretch his legs till he's so tall, he could bounce the moon like a basketball. Plastic Man,
0: Plastic Man, the one, the original, elastic man, always in great shape for the shape he's in, the fantastic.
1: Plastic Man! Hello, and welcome to a special, very silly episode of the Fire and Water Podcast. I am one of your regular co hosts, Rob Kelly, from AquamanShrine.net. My other normal co-host, Shag, is off this week, thank goodness. And stepping in for him if this, if this very special, silly episode is where we're going to focus on Plastic Man, one of my favorite characters, and also probably the favorite character of my very special guest, Max Romero from the blog It's Plastic Man. Max, thanks for doing the show.
0: Hey, Rob. Thanks for having me.
1: Awesome. Like I said, we were Max, Max and I have been talking about doing this for a long time. We are both huge fans of Plastic Man. I've talked about it. On the show before, and since so that we, last week I took the week off, so Shag and uh, Frank could talk about Blue Devil. We thought we the perfect companion would be Max, and I will be here to talk about Plastic Man. So we're going to go into the history of the character and talk about you know his his you know long history in comics and uh, in, in other media. Um, but before that, we are going to talk about our personal feelings about Plastic Man, why we like Plastic Man so much. But before we even do that, we are going to thank our sponsor, Instock Trades. This episode of the Fire & Water Podcast is sponsored and in part by InSuckTrades.com. InSuckTrades is your best online source for trades, hardcovers, and other collected editions, all for up to 45% off with free shipping for orders of $50 or more. And as you might expect, the books uh, Max and I are going to plug here are Plastic Man-centric. My choice is JLA Trade Paperback Volume 5, which reprints JLA numbers 47 through 60. This is, of course, the 90s and early 2000 series. Plus, JLA Heaven's Ladder. And this is the era where Plastic Man was part of the team. These stories are written by Mark Wade, the artist by Brian Hitch and Paul Neary. Yep. Uh, yeah, great, great stuff. Uh, the normal uh, Interrupt Creates price is $24.99. Their price is $14.49 for 434 color pages. That's 42% off. And these were super fun comics. I would say this might be a little bit of blasphemy. But to me, JLA with Plastic Man in it, like this iteration of JLA, is like, they kind of have it over the Classic team. And I would hardly ever say that. But I love Plastic Man being part of the JLA so much that uh, I always wished he'd been part of the team. So I was so glad that uh, Grant Morrison brought him in and Mark Waid used him so effectively here. So these are really fun stories and they feature the, all the JLAers: Aquaman, of course, Flash, Batman, Superman, Wonder Woman, the Manhunter, and Plastic Man. So JLA... Traverbeck, Volume 5, 1449. So, Max, what is your pick?
0: Okay, well, first, let me say those are great picks, because I agree. I, I will take Plastic Man over Ralph Dibney any day.
1: Yeah. yeah.
0: Any day. <laughs> so, I
1: mean, I like Ralph, but it's to me, Plastic Man should have always been part
0: of the jail. I agree. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to cheat a little bit. I My first pick, I'm going to take two picks, sort of. My first pick is any Plastic Man archive hardcover. Uh, In stock trades has a variety of them, and they all they they're all taking stories from the Golden Age of Plastic Man, from police comics and from Plastic Man, and those are normally forty nine ninety nine. Uh, right now at In Stock Trades, you can get them for forty two percent off, which is twenty eight ninety nine. That's a deal. For, it is, and these are beautiful hardcover collections with great color. They look fantastic. They look really good. Uh, the other pick I have is actually not Plastic Man but it is Jack Cole it's the classic pinup art of Jack Cole and uh, that's edited by Alex Chun and later on in his career Jack Cole uh, he worked for Playboy he did some classic pinup cartoons and that style actually became the, the Playboy house style in a sense and right now they have a collection of his that's normally 18.99. dollars that's 30% off and you can get that for 13.29 dollars for a soft cover collection and it's it's beautiful work it's beautiful pencil work it's really nice and it's so different than than his plastic man work
1: yeah it's the, the he was an amazing artist anything everything as good as the plastic man stuff was all the other stuff he did outside of it was was truly remarkable really beautiful stuff so
0: yeah it's amazing he his um his style seemed to change with every every different thing he did his his artwork completely changed
1: very cool. That's a great. Those are a bunch of great picks. Like I said, there's a whole bunch of really cool stuff there on Instuck Trade. So for these and all your other trade paperback needs, visit Instacrates.com, and we thank them for their support. All right, now we are on. Like I said, to Plastic Man. Uh, like I said we're going to talk about the history of him, but before, but before we get to that, we are going to you know get into a little bit of why or why we love Plastic Man so much. So you're the one with the blog. So mm-hmm. explain to everybody why do you love Plastic Man so much?
0: That is actually kind of a hard. Um, like a lot of people, I think uh, I was introduced to the character through the cartoon, through the the Saturday morning cartoon. One of the things I like about Plastic Man is that he is, is a bad guy. You you kind of see that more, but at the time, you know, things were more black and white, and that was kind of uh, that was kind of a different sort of thing, especially considering you know when this character came out. You know, I mean, he was he came out in 1941, so that was that was kind of innovative for the time. And he is just, you know, as you said, he's a, he's a silly character. He's a fun character, but he also just seems to really enjoy being a hero. (laughs) And that, and that really appeals to me. I like, uh, I like the fact that he is not, you know, terribly angsty and that he is not um, torn up about his powers. He, he gets these powers and, you know, through his history, which we'll talk about in a second, you know, he he pretty much just almost overnight flips to being a good guy and really <laughs> enjoying himself. Right. And that and that's something that really appeals to me. I I like the idea of a hero who likes being a hero.
1: That makes a lot of sense. Absolutely. You said you know you've really sort of introduced him for the the the, the cartoon. Um, I mean, did did you go and try and find the 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 comic? Well, I guess. What's your overall opinion of the comics? Do you think he's been? I mean, is there a particular sort of era of Plastic Man that you prefer in the comics, or is the cartoon sort of your favorite version? Because that's the one you saw first.
0: For a long time, that was all I knew. Um, uh, you know, when I was growing up, I didn't have all my comics. Came from the local convenience store, which was uh, had absolutely no criteria as far as what they had right, you know, right. <laughs> from month to month. And so you know, it, it, was, it was kind of whatever I could get. Uh, but what I did have and still have is an aunt who owns a bookstore uh, back in my hometown. And when I was a kid, my parents would leave me there for an afternoon when the, while they ran errands. And she would sit me down at a, um, at a card table with a glass of Kool-Aid, a plate of cookies, and a stack of comics.
1: Awesome! I know. (laughs) I'd do that
0: now. (laughs) I would try to get her to do it. let me do it now, and she just keeps kicking me out. (laughs) But she, um, so I would sit there, and most of these were uh, Bronze Age comics at the time. And so that's how I got introduced to a lot of these characters. And so a lot of my exposure then to Plastic Man was, um, the Brave and the Bold, and his appearances in adventure comics, and that sort of thing, and so that's really, uh, in my mind, that is my version of, of Plastic Man. Right. Even though since then, I've I've gone back and I really enjoy the Golden Age stuff because it is just so much different than what you would expect from from knowing the character and then going back to his beginnings. He is he is the same character. But his situation is completely different, right? And um, it, it's very interesting to see that.
1: Oh yeah, well that's a, that's a uh, we will that that makes a perfect segue to talk about the history. I will just talk brief about why I love Plastic Man so much. I, I think that's your reasons are very similar to mine. I, I enjoy the fact that he is so sort of lighthearted. I actually I love his costume. I don't know why, oh. because it's it's a weird costume. <laughs>
0: it's a great I mean, costume yeah. I mean the
1: bare legged but there's something about the design that I always <laughs> loved and I, I, when I was a kid I had always hoped DC would just put together a book that was just my four favorite characters which would have been an, an Aquaman, Batman, Green Arrow, Plastic Man book
0: Right. Uh, and
1: we were close to that with Justice League of course we had three of the four I never understood why Plastic Man wasn't in the Justice League as a kid I was like I don't know you know he clearly was like of that level but uh, yeah I, I always just Thought he was just really cool, and I think maybe because he was sort of like off-brand, he was—he right. didn't appear all that much. I mean, he—you know—he he appeared in Brave and the Bold* as you mentioned, and, and things like that. But he was—he just never appeared that regularly. So it was like every time you saw him, it was like a real treat. So, uh, and I watched the cartoon and things like that. So yeah, he was always just one of my favorites, and he continues to be. And as we'll—we'll we'll get into, we'll see that like there's been many different versions of him, and to me, they all work on their own sort of level. So, uh, yeah, he was always just, always one of my favorites, and uh, I, I still think that he could be done. I know that they're going to talk about bringing him into the New 52, but we'll get into that shortly. Right, right. Uh, anyway, history-wise, as, as Max has mentioned, he first appeared in Police Comics number one, which is yep. all the way back in 1941, uh, and he was a creation by Jack Cole. Now, how much of those, I mean, his he had a good run, because he not only appeared in Police Comics... For what is it like? Something like seventy issues.
0: Uh, He was in Police Comics for I want to say it was. Yes, well there there were one hundred and twenty seven issues of Police Comics. Okay. His last issue in in Police was what was that? Oh, in one hundred and two. One
1: hundred and two, right? All
0: right. His his last appearance was in one hundred and two, and after that it went back to uh, basically being a straight crime. Kind of comic book uh but it didn't last long without him <laughs> right yeah,
1: <laughs> right yeah. and the, but then on top of that he had his own series, so I mean he, he he was in two books simultaneously, which shows he was obviously pretty darn popular
0: yeah uh, i mean that's uh, that's
1: pretty remarkable
0: yeah plastic man the the you know his his own title uh came out in nineteen forty three so that was only a couple of years after his appearance in police comics. And that lasted for sixty-four issues. <laughs> so so pretty he had yeah. he had a really good run. And especially considering that, that police comics and plastic man were both running simultaneously, that is pretty remarkable really. Especially when you consider that the later issues, especially of Plastic Man, were more and they, they tended to be more and more reprints. Mm-hmm. And so but they were still selling. Plastic Man was very popular back then. So,
1: Now, he, I mean, how much of those stories have you read? I've read some, mostly because, uh, you know, I don't have the archive editions, and not that many of them were reprinted before then. So, I mean, have you, have you read them extensively?
0: I've read a good chunk of them. Um, I, but like, like we said, there are, there are more than 200 Plastic Man, Golden Age Plastic Man comics. Mm. I have not worked my way through all of them yet. But I've read a good chunk of them, and I've certainly tried to read most of the Jack Cole stuff. Jack Cole, uh, you know, of course, he started he started with with Police Comics one, and he and he did the first I want to say ten issues, seventeen issues of Plastic Man. But after that, it kind of and that was the the industry at the time. It became too much work for him to do by himself, so a lot of that was farmed out. So some of the later work, especially if you see that it's not uh, signed by him, it, it's probably someone ghosting it. So they're, they're, But I've read most of the Jack Cole stuff.
1: And, and contrary to what most people probably think of Plastic Man now, or have, it wasn't really a humor strip.
0: No, uh, not at all.
1: DC sort of treated it like it's a humor strip, but it really, I mean, it was lighthearted, and then you've got woozy winks, but when you think about it, virtually every superhero had a funny sidekick right do dickles or the fat and slats or whatever those guys were i mean they, you know they all that was that was just a standard thing and but i mean a lot there's some covers that jack cole did for these plastic man stories, where like plastic man's like shooting out of like a skull and mm-hmm. you know, like gangster shooting so it's like it's pretty straightforward stuff i mean for the fact that his powers are sort of inherently funny more than you know superman or batman the stories themselves are not really humor stories and it's sort of interesting that he took on this persona as like the humor character when those Golden Age stories are not any funnier than any other Golden Age stories done.
0: No, and actually, they, it, they really show their noir roots because it, the, the example I use is that Plastic Man doesn't have much of a rogues gallery from the Golden Age because most of those criminals were killed. <laughs> <laughs> they were, they were, most of them died in the in the same issue that they appeared. Not I'm not saying Plastic Man killed anybody. But he certainly wasn't rushing to save anybody either. <laughs> so, and people were getting flattened by giant eight balls. They were being impaled on farm fences. They were, there was all sorts of things going on. And Plastic Man would look appropriately shocked, but that was it. And, and that happened quite a lot. So, yeah. They, and he, uh, what a lot of people don't understand, or I guess what what got lost in translation over the years, is that Plastic Man in, in the things that happened that were funny or lighthearted or kind of silly? A lot of that was because of Woozy Winks, and that you know who was introduced in Police Comics thirteen. But Woozy was kind of you know the dumbbell and goofy guy, and Plastic Man was the straight man. He he would he would drop little uh, jokes here and there, or he was Plastic Man was more of a of a wise guy he would give these little these little snippets of, you know, in your face sort of things, but weird things were happening around Plastic Man to the point that Plastic Man almost was not the weirdest thing going on in the story. <laughs> <laughs> so and and there were and like I said, he was the straight man. Things were going on that he would react to, but he was by far far from the the weirdest thing going on in any Plastic Man story.
1: That's remarkable. That's really remarkable when you when you when you think about that.
0: <laughs> yes.
1: Yeah, a guy that can turn into a a, a, a mailbox uh, right. is not the strangest thing in the story.
0: <laughs> no, and his his bad guys like you know I, that I mentioned the the giant eight ball that actually happened. There, there, there's a story where someone creates a giant iron eight ball and crushes I think Chicago or something like that before Plastic Man is able to stop him. Uh, there's a bad guy called Harry Arms who is only hairy arms and legs and a head. And he's uh, he's uh, an Axis saboteur. You know, there there's uh, one of the most famous ones is someone named Sadly Sadly, who I don't know if you if you're familiar with him. No, great
1: name though. That that <laughs> feels like it's something out of a uh, spirit.
0: <laughs> yeah, well well, you know, and Jack Hole uh ghosted a lot of spirit right, right, stuff right. for for Eisner. Sadly, sadly, I don't remember exactly how he did it, but he was auditioning for something and they wanted him to look sad and he has his hound dog face. And the director is, is telling him how to be even sadder. And he learns how to make himself look so sad that people around him just cry. <laughs> <laughs> and, and they want to do things for him. And so he basically puts out his hands looking sad. And people just give them all, his, all their money.
1: <laughs> that's a great idea. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and uh, even Plastic Man is not immune to it. And they, they basically are able to beat him just because they make him laugh. And that's, that's the only reason they're, they're able to defeat Sadly, Sadly.
1: That's fantastic! I love that. I've never read though. I want to read that one now. Jeez.
0: Oh, it, it's a great story. <laughs> it's a great story.
1: Um, I mean, we didn't. We've covered this on the Who's Who uh, show when we did the uh, the where uh, I forget what book it was, but um, in terms of Plastic Man's origin, but we haven't mentioned specifically what the origin is. So I'm just going to get into it very briefly here. Where, of course, Plastic Man was a criminal named Eel O'Brien. And he tried to rob the Crawford Chemical Works, which sounds a little Uh, joker-ish. O'Brien was shot by a guard and actually knocked over a vat of chemicals. Again, sound familiar. Including an unknown acid. It's always unknown acids in this place. And the chemicals (laughs) seeped into his wound. And he was abandoned by the other thieves. O'Brien made his way to a mountainside and collapsed. Upon awakening, O'Brien found himself at a monastic mountain retreat called Resthaven. Believing O'Brien could become a valuable citizen, an aged monk had turned the searching police away. Impressed by the monk's kindness, O'Brien decided to reform. He discovered that the chemicals had somehow given him stretching powers, and then that gets into what you were talking about—that he basically does turn on a dime into this right. bad guy to a hero. I—I I don't want to make too much of this point because, uh, no pun intended—I don't want to stretch it. But I will—I will—I will say this: to my, I have not read that much fiction in my life. I've mostly read nonfiction. That's just. But my two, my favorite book of all time is Somerset Maugham's The Razor's Edge. And if I had a second favorite book, it would be Lost Horizon. And both of those books feature guys going on retreats, basically up in the Himalayas, and, and finding their spiritual centers. And here's that same thing happening in a comic book, which is, I think... Pretty remarkable. I mean, when Somerset Maugham wrote The Razor's Edge, which was 1946, at least that's when he published it, he was on the, that book was sort of the beginning of the wave of of Eastern mysticism coming to the West. So he was on the head of the curve. And you think about that, this is, Plastic Man's origin is five years before that. Right. Uh, so Jack Cole was even further, you know, I mean, now Lost Horizon had come out before that. So I have to think there was probably, and Lost Horizon was a big, big hit, uh, both as a book and a movie in the thirties. So I have to think that there's some of that here, but, uh, to me, there's, there's something very, uh, alluring about a superhero that partly gets his heroic identity coming from, you know, going on a spiritual retreat. Uh, that I find that really fascinating, you know. <laughs> I feel like there's yeah. there's something to that more than just your standard superhero origin story. So I've always found that sort of very interesting.
0: Right. A, a big part of of Plastic Man's origin is based in kindness.
1: Yeah. He, yeah.
0: You know, so a, a monk is nice to him, and he becomes a hero. <laughs> that's, that's all it took.
1: Yeah. Pretty cool. Yeah. All right. Good <laughs> stuff, man. Jeez. Um. So yeah. as you mentioned, Jack Cole only did the book for 17 issues. You know, it's sort of funny. We we tend to. People that, if you don't know the Golden Age stuff, you tend to think, you know, like one name gets associated with the character. And you think that's like, oh, well, Jack Cole drew all 150 issues of Plastic Man. No, you know, like back when I (laughs) back when I started doing the Golden Age summaries for Aquaman, you know, his co-creator, Paul Norris, only did Aquaman for about a year and a half. That's it. And then they moved there. They got other guys in. But you you just think, oh, well Paul Norris just did Aquaman in the 40s. No, he did Aquaman for about till about 1943. (laughs) <laughs> and then you had different people. So Jack Hole leaves, and then you have other people taking over ghosting for him. But obviously, kids didn't notice
0: mm-hmm. or
1: care because, like I said, he ran all the way up until, as, as we talked about, uh, Police Comics number 102 and Plastic Man number 52, which was the final issue. That's in 1955. So Plastic Man had 14 straight years of publishing. Right. That's. Pretty damn good, and you think about the fact that by 1955, most of the superheroes were gone. Right. Uh, basically, only Superman, Batman, and Wonder Woman, plus Aquaman and Green Arrow, filling in the backups. Plastic Man was still being published well in by, the, the mid 50s.
0: Right, and this was by Quality Comics. This this was not, you know, this was not, you know, what would later become DC, and this was, right. you know, this was, you know, the the company who. Well, in, in Police Comics 1, that also introduced Firebrand, which became, who became a DC character. Right,
1: the Blackhawks.
0: Uh, Phantom Lady, Blackhawks. Uh, well, Blackhawks weren't in, in Police Comics 1.
1: No, no, I'm sorry. Yeah, you're right.
0: But that was Firebrand, Phantom Lady, uh, and the Human Bomb. Yeah. <laughs> we're, were all introduced in that one comic. Pretty so good. When you, yeah, when you, when you think about that, that history going back that far, and these characters are still around. There that's that's pretty incredible. That's that's staying power.
1: Yeah, when you think about that, these those guys that were just, you know, slaving away at these things probably did not think these things had a life beyond, you right. know,
0: the publication of the story.
1: And if you somebody had told them, Hey, you know what, people are still gonna be using the human bomb seventy years from now, like, get the hell out of here. What are you talking about? <laughs> you know, there won't even be comic books seventy years from now, let alone the human <laughs> bomb. So, uh but yeah, but Plastic Man last all, lasted all the way through to nineteen fifty five. By that point, quality comics goes out of business. Right. Um, and D- DC basically buys up all of their superhero characters or all of their action hero characters. Because, of course, Blackhawks are not, quote-unquote, superheroes. Right. But he buys them all. So they buy Plastic Man. But then they do nothing with him. <laughs> right. For ten solid years. Exactly. Uh, and then they bring him back, uh, on publication-wise... They bring him back in his own series, um, Plastic Man number 1.
0: Yeah, the, the cover date was November, December 66.
1: Okay. And those stories are written by Arnold Drake, uh, mm-hmm. who did a lot of kind of like the off-brand characters, did Dead Man and Doom Patrol, and it's drawn by Gil Kane. Uh, and it is much more a humor book. I mean, flat right. out a humor book. Now, have you read those?
0: I have read those. I have read those. And th- those have a weird history. <laughs> because I like 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 you said, Plastic Man disappeared for ten solid years. There was he was gone. He did sort of show up in House of Mystery number one sixty, but I call shenanigans. Because Really? That, What's that story? Okay, it's a dial H for Hero story.
1: Oh, that's okay. That's that but one. He becomes Plastic yeah. Man. Okay.
0: Yeah, but that's not really Plastic Man. <laughs> that's that's Robbie Reed who, you know, is the dial H for Hero kid. Right. And he dials it up, and for some reason he becomes Plastic Man, and so that's a sort of appearance of Plastic Man before uh, the '66 series started. But that's not the real Plastic Man. Right,
1: right, right. He, that's yeah.
0: Yeah, even though for some reason, when when he and and we'll get into this too, because his his history with the whole multiverse thing gets confusing. Oh yeah. The um, when Robbie Reed turns into Plastic Man, he he thinks to himself, oh, I've turned into that famous crime-fighting hero of years ago. So, obviously, they know who he is. And a cop who's also there doesn't seem to be surprised at all to see Plastic Man, even though I'm sure the readers were kind of surprised to see him. Yeah, really. And, but then, you know, that was that was in uh, July of 66. Of so I guess they were kind of warming people up for the Plastic Man number one, which came out six months later. And that's yeah, like you said, the the Gil Kane did the first issue of that. Uh, after that, it was jay winslow mortimer
1: <laughs> i mean no i mean uh, no offense intended to win mortimer who was had a long career in comics but you really do have to have a very particular light touch to do plastic man yeah i think gil kane was a great choice but win mortimer man yeah no that, that did not work and then then, then they replaced him with somebody else who was kind of even worse for plastic uh, man
0: that- that was jack sparling oh. <laughs> and he did the he did 8 through 10 yeah and yeah they they got rough the
1: super they're like super scratchy that like, like i mean i actually sort of like jack sparling's work but it, to me it is entirely inappropriate for plastic man i mean just they literally the diametric opposite of the kind of style you should go for
0: it really is and the what made it worse was that you know this is the middle of the 60s so this was kind of a swinging version of of Plastic Man, and so his his goggles looked kind of groovy, and his suit was different. Yep. And he was he was very hip. <laughs> he was you know just kind of walking down the street. People were going crazy for him. He was he was a superstar in a sense, and the the whole thing was was very groovy. But there was no he was not an FBI agent anymore or involved with the law enforcement anymore. And there was no woozy. That's right. So, oh,
1: that's right. Geez, I didn't even think about that. You're right.
0: Yeah. No, they brought in someone called Gordon Trueblood, who who was this uptight little... It was very, very 60s. So he was, he was basically the man. He was this little crew cut guy who uh, was very uptight and wanted Plastic Man to be a better hero. And, you know, but all Plastic Man wanted to do was have fun and go out with his girlfriend who was named Mike for some reason. And... and and fight Doctor Dome. That's 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 what he wanted.
1: Yeah, I, and yeah, yeah. They, they they're pretty rough going. Um, I noticed in in the, the letters page. I forget which issue, but uh, they the editor talks about you know if you like Plastic Man, here are some other comics that we put out that you might <laughs> like. And he that's mentions not a good sign. he had mentions he mentions the Adventures of Bob Hope. Oh wow! And like. <laughs> I think, like, one of the, like, Date with Debbie or Scooter comics. Mm-hmm. And, like, that tells you right there, they didn't consider Plastic Man a superhero comic. It was a humor comic. Because they're, you know, they are they're, they didn't say, oh, you like Plastic Man, you'll like Justice League. It's, you like Plastic Man, you'll like Bob Hope. Like, really? Like, yeah. okay. So, despite, you know, 15 solid years of Jack Cole and all the other guys doing sort of, like, darker Plastic Man stories... DC just decided, nope, he's a humor character. That's it. You know, that's how we're presenting him. Uh, and then, you know, the, I read these issues in, in preparation for this podcast, and the, the the one that really blew me away was number seven, Yeah. where it is revealed. Well, you go. I'm sorry. You go ahead. What do they no, reveal? No, Plastic Man? In Plastic Man number seven, they reveal that the Plastic Man that we're following in this book is the son of the Golden Age Plastic Man. Right. <laughs> it's Plastic Man 2. Right. I read that, I'm like, wait, what?
0: <laughs> and I'm not really sure how, I don't know if they were trying to change course midway through and go, oh, wait a minute, this, where we have to bring back, the, we have to explain where Plastic Man is and what, what's going on. Because it just comes out of nowhere. And it's, it's a story called Plastic Man's Fantastic Old Man. Because <laughs> <laughs> of course. Because it was and, the 60s, yes. Because it was the 60s. And uh, yeah, and he is, it basically turns out that he is Plastic Man Jr., Plastic Man Senior and Woozy and and uh Plastic Man's wife who you never see. I think you only see her in Flashback now that I think about it. Um Plastic Man and Woozy are running a retirement community. <laughs> so oh. and they're, yeah. And something's going down at the at, at the retirement community. Uh Woozy has somehow done something to the fountains uh, that's keeping people young. And it gets weird. It gets really crazy. But, yeah, that's that's where you find out that this is actually Plastic Man Jr.
1: Yeah, I mean, talk about trying too hard. If there's any character that you could get away with just saying he hasn't aged. Right. You would think it would be Plastic Man. <laughs> you could right. just say, he's the same guy. He looks the same because he's plastic. And as we all know, Plastic doesn't decompose. So, <laughs> you know, the, the whole thing. So, yeah, that, I read that story. I was just, like, completely, utterly baffled as, why Why did they do that? Why did they feel the need to do that? That seems so strange to me. Yeah. Um... Now, you know, funnily enough, the book is canceled after 10 issues. So mm-hmm. obviously it wasn't that big of a hit. But Plastic Man was still clearly on people's minds because he was considered to get his own, well, not his own cartoon series, but he was going to be on the filmation. He was going to get his own segments on the filmation Superman Aquaman Hour. Really? Yeah, because there is an ad that ran in the back of some 60s DC comics, late 60s where it talks about – well, not Superman – I'm sorry, let me correct myself. Not Superman, Aquaman. But at this point, Aquaman had been replaced by Batman, of course. And <laughs> Superman, Aquaman Hour had changed to Superman, Batman. And they were going to have other characters guest starring. And at the bottom of this ad, it says also featuring characters like Plastic Man and Metamorpho. Oh, wow. And so like that's funny to think that that TV producers – knew, you know, like, they they pick, I mean, obviously, you couldn't pick a better character for animation than Plastic Man. But it was funny that, despite the fact that he had only sold 10 issues of the series, like, clearly, the comic book wasn't successful enough to keep going. Filmation thought he was perfect to give him his, you know, to put him on television. Um, Which is also why he ended up uh, appearing on that Justice League record, uh, which featuring right. a, his own audio adventure, featuring a groovy theme song, which led it, which <laughs> which we opened this episode with. It's just too good not to use. Right. Uh, but that's why he's there, you know. He gets his own. They it was it was like a you know like a multimedia tie-in. It was like okay, Plastic Man's going to be this next big thing. Now it never happened. They ended up not doing it. They never did anything with Metamorpho. Um, The only thing that exists from that era of filmation apparently is a single still of of Aquaman and the Blackhawks beating the the crap out of an alien. And that was apparently done as a test, you know, like a test cell to sell to the network. And apparently it didn't go. So I don't know whether any Plastic Man stuff ever got animated. I've never seen it. But they they were, yeah, I mean, that would have been really cool. Because they were thinking about it. They were thinking about it.
0: That would have been great, and uh, it's like you say, it, it's Plastic Man works on so many in so many different forms, and that—no pun intended—you <laughs> <And, laughs> you can't help it, you know. You can't help it; it's you again, you have to do it. Animation just seems to be a natural fit.
1: Yeah, yeah, him and Metamorpho would have been like you just—you know—no limits to the imagination what you could do with those characters in animation. But again, um, unfortunately, it never happened. So then, Plastic Man gets canceled, and he does make some other appearances. Uh, do you want to do you want to go over what those were?
0: Sure. Um, the next time Plastic Man would make an appearance would not be for five more years until the Brave and the Bold ninety five, which was came out in uh, seventy one, and that is where things kind of got confusing even more because. This is when Plastic Man starts making his transition to Earth One because this whole time, the Plastic Man that we're talking about has been Earth Two Plastic Man, and then, but that won't even get retconned until the '80s. But so this Plastic Man in Brave and Bold is uh, he is that's when they're starting to kind of ease Plastic Man into Earth One, and this is where they consider this is what they consider his first. This is the first appearance of, of Earth-1 Plastic Man.
1: Right, according to Mike's Amazing World, which is oh, essentially right. the authority on these things. When it's when it's vague, we let Mike step in and decide. He has said that the Brave and Bold number 95 <laughs> is the first appearance of Plastic
0: Man. That is exactly where I got this from. Right. <laughs> so, yes, this is basically saying that the original Plastic Man has aged, uh, has a son, who briefly came to Earth-1, which I guess is the groovy Plastic Man <laughs> <laughs> from the 60s, but then... I guess he goes back home, and now this is the stories of the Plastic Man who was native to Earth One. If everyone if everyone has got that, we'll go forward. All right. So after this, I think you should uh, get into
1: excruciating detail about how he went back from back and forth and different. different <laughs> Earth, because we know how much Shag loves
0: it. I'm I'm happy just knowing he went back. Yeah, <laughs> and the but this I actually really like the his brave and the bold appearances because it really shows. This weird relationship that Plastic Man has with Super, with uh, Super, with Batman, I think Plastic Man really seems to consider, and this is this is borne out even t- till today. Uh, Plastic Man really seems to consider Batman one of his good friends, <laughs> <laughs> and, which is strange because they're they are so diametrically opposed as far as characterization and and methods and everything. But this is not the last time that. Plastic Man would show up in, in Brave and the Bold. And in this story, uh, Batman is hired by some, by a, a wealthy, a very wealthy woman called Ruby Ryder to find her fiancé, Kyle Morgan. Uh, Batman does an investigation, finds out that Morgan has been killed, or seems to have been killed, but it turns out that he finds Kyle Morgan in an alleyway, but this Kyle Morgan turns out to be Plastic Man, who decided he was tired of being a freak and changed his appearance, and and completely started a new life, and and hooked up with this with this rich woman. But when he found out that she was ruthless and uncaring, he dumped her. And now Ruby Ryder wants to kill Kyle Morgan for dumping her. Essentially, All right. <laughs> Batman and Batman kind of shakes Plastic Man out of it, and together they bust Ruby Ryder, and uh, and that's the way it ends. Except she gets off scot free. Because she was going to be tried for murder, but since she didn't actually kill him, <laughs> she's not charged with anything. And so she goes, gets to go out in her own way, and Plastic Man is very depressed. Aw,
1: that's sad, <laughs> so, sad, Plastic Man.
0: That is sad. And that actually continues on. That's, that's, a, that's a theme that continues on, because in the other Brave and the Bold stories, uh, Ruby Rider comes back, and Plastic Man, at one point, becomes a bum, he is, he is literally living on the street, begging for change, because he is so depressed.
1: Which story is that?
0: <laughs> that is in Brave and Bold 123.
1: That has to be by Bob Haney. That has to be.
0: It is by Bob Haney.
1: I know it, just from, the, just from that plot description. I was like, that sounds like Bob Haney to me.
0: <laughs> well, and Bob Haney wrote Brave and Bold 95 also. Oh, he wrote
1: them both? Okay.
0: So this is a continuation of his of his Ruby no, Ruby Writer saga, <laughs> and this actually is wrapped up. This whole uh, kind of you know Batman Plastic Man thing is wrapped up in number one forty eight, and that is also by Bob Haney.
1: Really? So he yeah. continued that storyline through those three stories. He did. That's it. That's over. That's stretching over eight years. <laughs> that's amazing oh my god bob haney was so cool that's just amazing
0: bob haney has a long memory <laughs> sure
1: does. wow and you would think probably with all the chemicals he ingested that his memory was probably <laughs> shot that's remar- I see now i want to go read all those i yeah. just want to read those just to read those three stories that's amazing that is absolutely amazing
0: well and in, in brave and bold 123 ruby rider comes back It she she has become plastic man's nemesis and it's based purely on spite. That's the only reason she comes after Plastic Man. She is she is still mad that, that he had the gall to dump her, and so this is a very convoluted story, but Batman is leaving town and asks Plastic Man to pretend to be him while he's gone to keep Gotham under control, but Ruby Rider brainwashes him so he forgets he's Plastic Man and actually thinks <laughs> he's Batman. <laughs> so, so when Bruce Wayne comes back home, to Gotham, uh, he has been framed for murder, and Plastic Man as Batman is trying to catch him. Okay. And then, <laughs> the real Batman recruits Metamorpho to, to snap Plastic Man out of it.
1: Ah, uh, right, right, So right. this
0: one has Plastic Man, Batman, and Metamorph.
1: And that's the issue of Brave and the Bold that Mike W. Barr basically wrote out of continuity uh, because of this thing involving Metamorpho knowing Batman's secret identity, and by doing that in the letters pages of Batman Letters, he set off a f- nerd flame war <laughs> which led to like angry letters and death threats all sorts of stuff but that's this is the issue this is that issue that Michael W Barr later on said that's not my batman that's a different oh, wow. that's a different batman than the one i'm writing and nerds back then could not handle that <laughs>
0: so <laughs> did not go
1: well but i want to read all this cuz that just sounds like a total blast I, I, that's so impressive that Haney would continue story threads over the course of eight years, that's that's, a, that's super cool.
0: It, it is It is kind of crazy. And it was four years between Brave and Bold 95 and Brave and Bold 123. And that that itself would, would have been impressive. But then to continue it, in 1979, where, where Batman basically comes across <laughs> Plastic Man, who is now working on a street corner as a, as a Santa ringing a bell and collecting money basically says, well, I don't, you know, I, I still can't get over what Ruby writer did to me. And Batman basically tells him, well, you, you need to snap out of it. <laughs> and I can't help you, you know, but that, that it is all tied in together. And that, like, as you said, that's, that is kind of crazy.
1: That is, that is really cool. I love that. I said, I'm as soon as we're done this, I'm going to go read this comic.
0: <laughs>
1: so fun. So, so during those years, Plastic Man does not appear anywhere else other than Brave and the Bold. During this time, uh, Elongated Man is brought into the Justice League as a yeah. member, not Plastic Man. Uh, that always frustrated me as a kid. Again, I have nothing against Elongated Man. I always liked him and Sue, but to me, I was like, why is this guy in the JLA and Plastic Man is not? Plastic Man is clearly one of their marquee characters, he, and that's what the Justice League is. I have to think it's simply because Elongated Man was a Julius Schwartz character. You know, right. he first appeared in Flash. Flash was edited by Julius Schwartz. Justice League was edited by Julius Schwartz. It was just right there to pick him up and not Plastic. Plastic Man was just probably nobody's character at the time. So Elongated Man got the nod to be in the Justice League when, honestly, it should have been Plastic. <laughs> yeah,
0: and, and at the time, I mean, DC was Julie Schwartz.
1: Right, exactly. He was right. He was their their big guy. So, the, ironically, the only appearance he does make is not in the comics. He has a guest appearance in the first season of Super Friends, right? Uh, which blew my mind as a kid <laughs> because, like, I, I watched Super Friends literally from the first year it was on. You know, I I little I do not remember a time when I didn't watch Super Friends. You know, I mean, it, I think I was two when it started. So, I mean, it was just. You know, was when I was old enough to recognize what I was watching, I was watching Super Friends, and I don't think I knew then when I watched those that like you could do that—that that you could bring in another character. Right. Um, but it's the the plot of that one is it's about a computer that goes crazy, and they need a mouse sneaks into the <laughs> guts of this computer that's gone haywire, and they're like, well, none of us can get in there without destroying the computer or hurting the mouse, so let's get our pal Plastic Man. <laughs> Right. And all of a sudden Plastic Man just shows up and stretches his arm through the tube and you see the long shot of that hand going through the – and he grabs the mouse and pulls it out and saves the day. And they're like, thanks, Plastic Man. He's like, no problem, Super Friends. And he leaves. I was like, and that's it. Yeah. And that's it. I was like, <laughs> <laughs> what just happened? Like I didn't understand. <laughs> so yeah, they, once again, he's on sort of the, the, the minds of animators of, of these you know TV production houses – even while in comics, he's not really doing all that
0: much. Oh, I was, I was going to say, and you see that in the comics, too, where Plastic Man will just randomly show up in some comic book and then disappear again for years. Right.
1: Yeah. I mean, he he appeared in Justice League number 144, which is uh, the supposed true secret origin of Justice League, which right. is uh, the the, the Earth-1 Plastic Man again. It's so confusing. And he's not in anything at all. And then he comes back in 1976 picking up the numbering of the old series. So it's play Man* number 11. And I think you can tell by the story title of the first issue, the angle they were going for, because the story is called the hamsters of doom. (laughs) Um, (laughs) written by Steve Skeets. Well, you know, the great writer, Steve Skeets and drawn by Ramona Freyden. So, uh, I mean, not only is that a great combination, not only does it have a wonderful Aquaman connection, because you've got an Aquaman writer and an Aquaman artist paired up for the first time. Um, they're both really very t- amazingly talented people uh, doing Plastic Man. And mm-hmm. uh, Ramona Freyden is a great pick for, for Plastic Man. Now, now, what did you think of those stories? That this, this, that book ran another 10 issues. Plastic Man, Plastic Man only seems to run 10 at a time. Because this, right. this second series ran from 11 through 20. Now, what did you think of those stories?
0: You know, the, I like these stories. I, um, but it is also, I think you can see that Plastic Man keep, gets sillier and sillier with <laughs> with every run that that seems to happen because like you said the the first story is called the hamsters of doom and that is not hyperbole it is actually about ham people being running around acting like hamsters and it it's a i if i remember right there's a giant hamster wheel involved at some point and it's it's a very silly story and the run is like that um but you know but that that's also fine i it's um it, this is when they finally brought back Woozy because at this point we haven't seen Woozy since the Golden Age, and and this run is the first time, you know, Plastic Man '11 is the first time that we see Woozy winks back, even though for some reason he looks the, like the Hawaiian Punch guy. He <laughs> he looks he he, does, he doesn't have the pork pie hat. He has this floppy thing going on, and his shirt looks more like a Hawaiian shirt now, and he totally looks like the Hawaiian Punch guy. But and they and they spell his name Plaz with a Z. Which annoys me for some reason.
1: Yeah, no, that's not no,
0: yeah. No, that's not right. But And I think it's worth mentioning, too, that there is basically about a seven or eight year gap between issue 10 and issue 11. And I'm not sure why they decided to pick up with the, with the same uh, numbering, because it is totally different than the first 10. This is not Plastic Man Jr. anymore. Now it's Earth One Plastic Man. Now he is an agent of the NBI, the National Bureau of Investigation. And uh, there's some new characters in the background, but like I said, Woozy's back, and it's it's you know it's fun, straight ahead Plastic Man adventure. Uh, they're they're funny, they're silly, and um, the art is just fantastic. And Ramona Fraiden is probably one of the best people. To ever draw a Plastic Man.
1: Oh, I totally agree with that. Yeah.
0: You know, it just it just looks great. It's it's uh, very inventive and very fluid, which is a far cry from what you know you were saying earlier about the scratchy the kind of sketchy artwork. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Frayden was great. Nope. Frayden's a great choice for it, no doubt about. it. I mean, I don't know who. I mean, I love the anything she draws, but particularly she's a good match for for Plastic Man, no doubt about that. Um. So yeah. So that series. Only lasts 10 issues, uh, mm-hmm. so that it gets canceled again. And then he is again sort of dormant for a couple of years. He makes that appearance in Brave and the Ball 148, as you mean. Uh, and then he comes back again, uh, this time in Adventure Comics, sharing the book with the new version of Starman. And this strip is by Martin Pasco and Joe Staton, another great artist and another
0: great choice well,
1: for well classic
0: man. Actually, Rob, I'm sorry, Rob, if I can interrupt you for a second. He did make one more appearance before then.
1: Oh, which one did I miss? He-
0: DC Superstars number 10.
1: Oh, that's right. The strange sports <laughs> stories.
0: Yeah. In the in a story called The Great Superstar Game, which is uh, a baseball game against the sportsmaster. <laughs> so, that's right.
1: I forgot about that one. That's insane. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. yeah. Plastic
0: Man cheats. He, <laughs> he makes his foot look like a base so he can tag the sportsmaster out. <laughs> <laughs> so... And that was in December of 76. Oh, who wrote so, that? Yeah. Who's
1: responsible? Bob Rosakis. Okay, that wasn't Bob Haynes. Surprisingly <laughs> enough. Okay. Uh, so, yeah, all right. So, yeah, good, good, good catch on that one. Yeah, so, he's in that one, and then he said he appears in Brave and the Bolt, and then he comes back in Adventure Comics. These stories, I don't know about you, I love these ones. Uh, they, I think
0: these the, are great. These are some they're, of my favorite stories. Yeah,
1: they're they're kind of very Dick Tracy-ish, because all of a sudden he's taking on these very kind of goofy villains, but they have a kind of Dick Tracy-ish feel to them uh there's mm-hmm. a there's a villain named uh whirling dervish there's pink eye there's brick face the trowel i mean lowbrow i mean clearly you could tell the kind of angle martin Powell, martin Pesco was going after but i really like these stories these are uh, to me a, a lot of they're kind of like noirish. if you can do mm-hmm. plastic man as noir i guess you can because jack hole did it but to me they are the closest to what jack hole sort of did in the early
0: days, they are. And, and Joe Staten does a great job of using shadow and perspective. And he, he, he really, probably since before, uh, Jack Cole was the last one to do it, but he really gives Plastic Man a world to inhabit. And, and it's just great. And, and that team of, of Martin Pascoe and, and Joe Staten and um, Bob Smith. Oh, Bob Smith, uh, okay, sure. Pascoe, Pascoe Staten and Smith uh, collectively probably did more Plastic Man stories than anyone since Jack Cole hmm. because they were all over the place. They did Adventure Comics. They did uh, Super Friends later on. I think – I want to say they didn't do the All-Star Squadron. Uh His appearances in DC Comics Presents later on. Those were all that same team.
1: Right, and they did a one-off in World's Finest, which must have been like an extra one they had to just burn off somewhere. Because <laughs> adventure, adventure Comics kept changing hands. Uh, ironically right. enough, Plastic Man lost his lost his space in Adventure Comics to Dial H for Hero when they brought that back as a, as oh. a different feature. Because yeah, they brought it back from Robbie Reed to, to be two different kids with the with the dials. But uh, but yeah, those are really really a lot of fun. And that is right around the time that Plastic Man goes big because he got his own show. He got his own TV show, right. the Ruby Spears Plastic Man Comedy Adventure Hour, uh, which that is, same year. That same year, that is, I, I have to think that part of the reason he was brought back in the comics was to tie it into the animated series uh, by Ruby Spears. Now that, I mean, you know, obviously it's a cartoon series, it is Plastic Man, because of course everyone remembers, you've got Plaz, you had, what was his wife's name, Penny?
0: Penny, yeah.
1: Yeah, right, and then Hula, the psychic Hula, and of course, right. eventually comes Baby oh, Plaz. Don't
0: say-
1: oh, <laughs> <Yeah>. god. <gosh. laughs> <laughs> the Scrappy
0: Doo oh, oh, oh. of the Plastic Man TV series. Oh God! <laughs> yeah, that's, that's not a fan of
1: Baby Plaza,
0: That's, that's a that's a dark in. spot of the history. Oh well, you know <laughs> there were, as you said, there was Scrappy Doo. Uh, there was someone else like that, but but yeah, I, I kind of lump Baby Plaz in with that same uh, okay. uh, unnecessary child sidekick, yes. Right. This, 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 this. Even though, even though they brought him back for uh, you know the the new Brave and the Bold that's
1: right, they did
0: in one episode. Yeah, yeah. I'm not sure why, but they did.
1: <laughs> this guy's had a good but yeah,
0: here. no, I guess so. But yeah, this this was. You know, this was a good time for, for Plastic Man. He was, he was, uh, he, he was in the comics, he was, he had his own show, and that and the lead into that was Super Friends. Right, and
1: it and ran, so, for, ran for Kendall, two seasons. I mean, it didn't, it wasn't like six episodes, it ran for two, two full seasons.
0: Right, you know, and that's, that's out on DVD now, you can, you can get that. It's like a four-disc set yep. of, of those, uh, cartoons, so, which are completely worth it. And they, um. Yeah, and they're they're out there, <laughs> you know. They're they're and they're a lot of fun. They they really capture a lot of the imagination that that can go into a character like Plastic Man. Yeah. I have never seen so many shapes. Yes, yeah.
1: Oh, I mean, I loved that show. I loved it. I because I mean, it was anything that was comic book related, I was gonna watch. So mm-hmm. and you know, I was of course watching Saturday morning cartoons anyway. But yeah, I just loved it. I ate it up. I just loved it. I loved Plastic Man. I was like, wow, his own show, like a whole half hour of Plastic Man. You can't. You know, yeah, I just loved every
0: bit of it. Yeah, and they even brought back Dr. Dome. <laughs> <laughs> you know, he was, he was, you know, that, he was a villain from, he's probably the closest thing Plastic Man has to an arch nemesis, just because he somehow managed to not die. And he was from, he was from the, the 60s series, and he showed up a couple of times with his daughter, Lynx, and he shows up again in, in the Plastic Man cartoon. Very so, Which cool. is pretty amazing. Yeah, that's a good run for a C-level villain.
1: Yes, <laughs> <So>. Absolutely. <laughs> Uh, so, 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 yeah, after the cartoon series, now, after that goes off the air, not much happens with him, really. Uh, he appeared in, some again, some one-offs. Uh, basically, he wasn't used much at all again until Roy Thomas used him in All-Star Squadron. And, of course, that's the Earth—we're going back to the Earth 2 Plastic Man. But I loved him in All-Star Squad. I mean, I loved All-Star Squadron, as everybody knows. Both Shag and I you know, love that series. And but I love when they used Plastic Man uh, in it. I mean, there was a couple where he actually, you know, like the free, he was in, you know, he was like one of the main members of the team for the first three or four issues, and then he came back in right. some other storylines. And I thought it was great. I loved every, bit, you know, I was just saying about the Guardians. I loved every bit of it. I loved him in All Star Squadron. I thought he was a fun contrast all the other characters, and just it was neat and drawn by Rich Buckler and Jerry Ordway. You can't beat that. I mean, I, so that was that was a that was really really cool stuff. I mean, I'm surprised that he didn't get more play considering he had, had his own TV series, and not that many DC characters could say that. But for whatever reason, right, he was just late. Nobody was using him, so Roy Thomas picked up and ran with him. Now, did you read All Star Squadron when it was out?
0: Right. Well, at that, I did, I did, and um, I love the All Star Squadron. That that is probably one of my favorite teams, actually. Cool. Um, and yeah, and I I love seeing Plastic Man in it. And, you know, at the time, too, that was probably the first time in a long time I had seen Classic Man in a comic at that point. And a lot of the 60s and 70s stuff, I either, you know, wasn't around or or just wasn't, you know, aware enough to to pick those sort of things up. And so I think probably around this time was when I started seeing Classic Man in the comics. I mean, I had seen him in Adventure and then, you know, which was what, the, the late 70s? 78, 79, and, um, you know, and then seeing him again in All-Star Squadron in 81, and of course by that time, you know, I was, I had been, you know, watching the the cartoon, and that ended the same year that he uh, appeared in All-Star Squadron, and it was very different, because his character in All-Star Squadron is more like the the Golden Age Plastic Man, he's much more serious, he's, he's a G-Man, and he acts like You know, and he does the crazy shapes and he makes, you know, a a couple of of witty things. But for the most part, he is on the job, (laughs) you know, and and it's very interesting. But that is one of my favorite Plastic Man scenes is, um, and I want to say it is All-Star Squadron 2, possibly 3, uh, where they have to go, uh, I think it's Wotan's submarine. And they have to go break in, and Plastic Man is a boat, and everyone is sitting in him. (laughs) And he kind of envelops everyone, turns himself into a torpedo drill, and dives down to drill through the hull of the submarine. And just kind of barely makes it, bursts through, flops out, all the heroes jump out to start the fight. And I just thought that was really, really cool. It is. (laughs) I I remember that. That
1: is great. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I never thought, plastic, it never even occurred to me that Plastic Man could do stuff like that. And that just was just a whole world of possibility to me, you know. But just really quick, to go back to, to, um, to the cartoon, do you know who, and I, this is especially for you, Rob, do you know who voiced Plastic Man?
1: Uh, I should know this, but I don't. Who, who was
0: it? His name is Michael Bell, uh-huh. and he was in an episode of MASH.
1: I know the name. What episode of MASH was he in?
0: He was the he was the helicopter the helicopter pilot who was selling uh who was getting the kids selling
1: to... the souvenirs
0: that's the one yeah oh
1: my god that's plastic man oh my god it's oh plastic that's cool man. oh that's great now I hear it now that you've said it, I hear the voice in my head yeah <laughs> oh that's funny oh cool oh man it all it all ties together it all ties together
0: it all, together. <laughs> it all comes back to plastic man
1: that's right yeah there it does. <laughs> <laughs> That's, oh my god, that is cool. Oh, I love that. Yeah. Now, at the same time around All-Star Squadron, or a little bit after All-Star Squadron, but during his appearances, because of course that, that book ran for several years, uh, we get our very first Plastic Man toy, because uh, he's part oh. of the Superpowers line. In the that is right. very strange third wave of characters. Now, I, I had the Plastic Man figure. Did you have it?
0: No. No, okay. I didn't.
1: Okay. Um, I mean, it's a completely bewildering choice as to why... <laughs> <laughs> they gave place because i mean again he was not in really any sort of like pop you know he wasn't one of the jack kirby new gods characters who they were favoring but yet he wasn't one of their core so that seemed like a completely like why but i'm glad they did because it, it you know he's to me he's still one of dc's big guys so it was i love and of course his, his superpower was that his neck stretched that is his head popped <laughs> up that was the thing but, yeah, he got, his own, he got his own toy. He got his own Superpower. And to, to me, it's like he totally fits with all the rest of those characters. He belongs there.
0: Oh, totally. It, well, wasn't Plastic Man in the Super Friends? No, not Superfriends. In the Superpowers comics?
1: He was in the... Was he in that?: yeah, I think so. The, the yeah. The third volume? And he's I think? in the third one, yeah. Because they used everybody uh at the end but yeah yeah i don't mean that as a pejorative but i mean they're sort of like well we gotta get all the toys in there but yeah you're right yeah he is in there um so yeah so he's got his own toy so yeah, i mean again here's a character that really can't seem to stay consistent in comics but he's had his own toy and his own tv show superman had his own tv series batman wonder woman but you know here's here's plastic man with his tv series and a toy pretty cool um now he appeared in crisis on Infinite Earths, of course. It right. uh, wasn't much for him to do, because talk about just being sort of out of place, you know, the right. this sort of grim storylines, Plastic Man. And then, again, again, he's dormant, for the most part, for another couple of years, until in 1988, DC decides to give him another miniseries, this one's just called Plastic Man.
0: For that, he uh, he's in an issue of DC Comics Presents, which is actually one of my favorite ones.
1: Oh, right, the all-stretch guys. It's him, yeah. the elongated it, man, and a elastic light, right? The elastic right. four.
0: <laughs> it's pl- it's plastic man elongated man uh jimmy olsen as elastic lad and someone called the malleable man and the reason i bring it up is because that guy turns out to be skizzle shanks who is one of his original gang members oh jeez! He, was, he, was, he is one of the guys who abandons eel at the crawford chemical works
1: wow and that's written by paul Kupperberg. it is oh how cool i gotta go talk to paul about that that's awesome uh, I haven't read that. I don't think I read that story since it first was first published in 86.
0: Yeah. Oh, that's really a lot cool. Yeah. Yeah, he brought back he brought, brought back Gizl Shanks. That's really cool. Of all people. That's
1: really, that's really neat. That's really cool. Oh, yeah. Now I got to go dig that one out, too. Geez, I'm going to be doing a lot <laughs> of Plastic Man reading after this. Um, so anyway, yeah, he gets his own miniseries, his new miniseries by Phil Foglio, Hilary Barda, and John Nyberg. Um right. And am I, no. I haven't read these in a long time, but don't, don't, don't these fe- don't these also feature some art by Kevin Nolan?
0: Yes, I'm sorry. Yeah, they now, do. They explain to everybody they how they
1: worked that, how they did that.
0: Well, they they, they called those reality checks. Uh, basically, the idea was kind of that Plastic Man was crazy, <laughs> or or possibly this is Woozy's point of view, but. essentially it's, it's very cartoony. It's, it's by Hilary Barta, uh, whose work tends to be very loose and very, uh, kind of, you know, cartoony style, which which suits it. And he's a really nice guy too. But so most of the book is like that, but every now and then it'll change the point of view. So it's the cops rousting plastic man and woozy from sleeping in the park or, or something like that. And the art changes and it looks, you know, almost like, um, like early Sinkevich. It's it's a very different style, much more realistic. And and yeah, Kevin Nolan does those and and they're supposed to be the real world as opposed to the way Plastic Man and Woozy see it.
1: I thought that was a great conceit. I really thought that was a neat yeah, idea. It is. I mean, and I liked both and, versions, and, and it, Folio and Barda and Nyberg were doing, but then I liked the reality checks too. I thought it was a really great, fun way of sort of like kind of Twi- you know, putting the Plastic Man, a whole concept on an angle a little bit. I thought that was really cool. I really enjoyed that series when it came out.
0: And, and it, kind of, it kind of helped explain, in a, in a way, the cartoony nature of Plastic Man in past appearances, where it wasn't so much uh, the, you know, the, the world of, of these superheroes, but it was the world of these superheroes through Plastic Man's lens. So and it it really kind of made sense. And plus, in in this miniseries, Woozy apparently has just gotten out of Arkham Asylum. <laughs> so, so yeah, the the whole thing is kind of you know on a whole different level at this point. You know, because Plastic Man is about he you know he has his origin and he he becomes this you know stretchy mess. And um, but everyone thinks he's a monster. So he's about to kill himself, right? So this, you know this is kind of dark. This is like three pages in. So. <laughs> Uh, Plastic Man is on a bridge about to kill himself and Woozy talks him out of it because Woozy has just gotten out of Arkham Asylum because of Reganomics, he says. So, <laughs> because this, is, this is the 80s. This is the late 80s. Zing! So, zing! Yeah, Reganomics basically gets him pushed out of Arkham and he, all he wants to do is go back. And he thinks Plastic Man is basically crazy enough to help him do that. And they flip a coin to decide whether uh, there's more money in crime or in being a hero. And that's what decides whether Plastic Man becomes a hero or not, is the flip of a coin. <laughs> and- uh,
1: I mean, they, they clearly, you can, you can talk about the villains that they had in these series. Like, they were clearly going after the, the Jack Cole and then later Martin Pasco versions, because in issue number two, they took on bad guys known as the Ooze Brothers, Clem, right. Lem, and Flem. Uh, and then in issue three, they took on a cult leader named Ramalama. Um, right. Featuring a guest appearance by Arion, Lord of Atlantis try and figure that one out. And then yeah, and then with tongue planted completely friendly cheek and issue number four, uh this was right around when DC was doing Invasion and you know all the books were tied in. And on the cover (laughs) to PlayStation number four it says not an invasion aftermath extra.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Right. But it still it still um featured aliens trying to kidnap people.
1: Yes it did, yeah. So it's like, they're just not taking it seriously, which I thought, which I I loved. Yeah, I thought it was great. You know, I mean, I I sort of give DC credit for even trying this at this time, because I just think this was the late 80s, outside of Justice League International, superheroes were just doing the whole grim and gritty thing. And here's something flying completely in the face of that, you know, utterly in the face. of
0: Right. And no one was doing um, humor comics at the time. Right. And and this was full on humor this, this was not trying to be anything other than a humor comic
1: yeah it was it was a really great series now, obviously it was not terribly successful financially because they didn't continue it uh it was just the four and then he never really they didn't bring this team back which is a shame because it, it's a really really fun series and never been collected uh you know no. it would make a great little trade paperback um so it was it was a great you know great great little series now before we get to his up until this point, final solo series, did he make any appearances between? He must have made some appearances between this miniseries and then the Kyle Baker series, right? In terms of uh, the DC he, Comics?
0: Yeah, he did. That's well, He was in Secret Origins 30. Right, okay. Which came out around the same time. I think that came out about four months before the uh, Plastic Man miniseries started. Um, and then that's pretty much when he started showing up in the JLA. Oh, right, that, that's, okay, that's, all right. That's when he. That's when he became a mainstay of, of the league, and right. uh, you know, and he just, you know, that that's that's where he was. Right. Uh, I that's mean, kind I, of where he lived for a long time.
1: Right. Grant Morrison brought him in, and I thought it was great. I thought it was a great addition to the team. I, I always said I always thought Puss belonged to the Justice League. They made him a great contrast to the rest of it because everybody else is so friggin' serious, you know, especially Batman and Aquaman are just these just total right. sour pusses. And they did some really great <laughs> characterization. There's a, there's a really great issue of just League number... I don't remember what issue number it is. But it's basically just a two-hander between Batman and Plastic Man. Where right. Batman basically tells Plastic Man, you have so much ability. And you choose to be a goof. Uh, and so you're, you're never really going to be taken seriously. And Plastic Man strains to be taken seriously. That he's a real hero. And it actually gives Plastic Man like a really nice little piece of characterization and has some real depth to him that you wouldn't really necessarily expect. Um, right. It, that's, a, that's a really great, great story.
0: Well, and that goes back to what I was saying about uh, this weird relationship between Batman and, and Plastic Man. And, you know, for, let me point out that some... Um, you know, you, you were mentioning about some parallels between Plastic Man and the Joker with the falling into the acid and being a criminal and that sort of thing. But there's also a lot of parallels between Batman and Plastic Man because they are, they are both... Um, orphans. You know, Plastic Man was orphaned when he was about 10 years old and, you know, ended up in an orphanage, and that's when he turned to crime. And I always thought it was kind of interesting because I, I don't know how many writers actually think of this or not, but I like to think that Batman sees Plastic Man as what he could have become if he didn't have the Wayne Millions. Hmm. You know, it's it's this sort of thing where um, you know, they were both orphaned, but, you know, Bruce had something to fall back on. <laughs> you know, right, and, right, right. and, and you know, Eel O'Brien ended up in in an orphanage, and so I don't know. There, there's this, there's that weird little connection between them. But there's an also there's another JLA story that I really like with, and it's the same thing. It's just Batman and and uh, Plastic Man, where Plastic Man goes to Batman to ask him for help with his son because uh, he finds out that he has this this son that he never knew about, and he's he's kind of been trying to reconnect with the mother and trying to be a dad to the to the son in a way, but the son has inherited his powers except more so he can, he can change into more detailed shapes and he can change his color and that sort of thing. And, um, uh, but he's running around with a gang who's, who's using his powers to kind of, you know, run roughshod over the neighborhood. And he, Plastic Man basically wants to recruit Batman to scare his son, (laughs) To, to scare him straight. And there are some great character moments there too, because it's all about, um, Batman telling Plastic Man that he needs to be a responsible father, we, which, you know, coming from the guy who keeps recruiting circus acrobats, <laughs> or is, is, you know, something else. But he, you know, and it's a great little uh, um, moment between the two of them that kind of uh, shines, uh, you know, Plastic Man doesn't become serious in, in, in that issue, but you can see moments where the the mask kind of falls off and you can kind of, you can see the person behind the persona and it, and it's, it's a, it's a great little story. And that comes back later when um, there's another JLA storyline where uh, I think this is part of the obsidian age where plastic man is basically, he goes back in time with the JLA to ancient Atlantis. So it's all Aquaman's fault. They go back to Atlantis (laughs) How dare uh, you come on this show and blame something? (laughs) And at at some point, he gets frozen and shattered into a million pieces. And the JLA doesn't have the technology with them to put him back together. So they go back to the present and put him back together. But Plastic Man has basically been conscious all that time, all these thousands of years. uh, He's been in these tiny little pieces, you know, almost going crazy. And when they put him back together, Plastic Man. Quits. He he stops being a superhero. He quits the JLA, and he goes to to spend time with his son. And and when he does eventually come back again, it's Batman who talks him into coming back to the JLA.
1: Amazing, cool stuff. That is it. They they did a lot of good stuff in that in JLA with him. I really thought that was a great great addition. And yeah, I want to read that. I never read that one. I never read that that second iteration. That sounds really cool. I like that a lot.
0: Yeah, Uh, it's interesting.
1: Yeah, Uh, and around this time, two thousand four, we're talking. Uh, they gave Plastic Man another series, <laughs> uh, right. and this one is by Kyle Baker, written, drawn by Kyle Baker. And I, at the at the risk of, I, I honestly think this might be my single favorite Plastic Man ever done, even more than Jack Cole, is Kyle Baker's Plastic Man, because to me, this comic book is a Tex Avery cartoon done in comic book form.
0: Uh, it is, I, I can do it.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's just, it's Kyle's not taking anything seriously. Uh, the The whole presentation is done in that very Kyle Baker style, which it just doesn't look like any other comic book. I loved every single bit of this. I bought this comic off the stands. It only ran for 20 issues, which actually is a pretty good run, considering how completely anti-commercial it was. I mean, not only was Kyle Baker not telling stories that were at all serious, he was like kind of actively crapping on the rest of the DC universe because Kyle Baker can change his style up when it suits him and he did a whole sequence where all the JLA are in it and everything looks really serious and dark and grim and then he realized the whole thing's a big goof so it's like Kyle Baker was just just poking people in the eye just saying you really take this superhero stuff this seriously come on so I I absolutely love this plastic man. And luckily it has been six issues of it have been collected into a trade paperback called plastic man on the lamb, which features a plastic cover by the way. Right. Brilliant. Um, now I said, I assume you like the series too.
0: I do. And yeah, that's, uh, that was um, on the lamb and rubber bandits, I think is the second one, right?
1: Oh, I didn't and even know there was a second one. Oh, cool.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Rubber bandits. And it, um, I have nothing but love for this, series uh and actually this is probably what brought me back to to plastic man in a big way and um like you said you know i've been a fan of kyle baker's for a long time and his artwork In, in a way like jack cole his his style is so recognizable but at the same time is different every single time with every project he does he he just went with it it was um there were cartoony frames there were um you know, there was great character development and and it was just fun. It was yeah. just so much fun to read and, and it was beautiful to look at. And and then that scene that you're talking about. Uh I I think Billy Batson has died or something <laughs> or something like that. <laughs> and it's supposed to be this funeral, and everyone looks sad and someone is giving a sermon. And and like you said, it, it is very pointedly critical of DC, which you know was publishing this comic. <laughs> and there was there there's a scene where there's talking about about uh how the heroes have to be examples to the young ones and all this and it's a tight shot of supergirl and Huntress you know in their most revealing outfits <laughs> at the time it's you know he he gets uh, a very capable uh girlfriend who is an f b i agent uh woozy is is in this one yep and you know i i i just really think plastic Man is not complete unless woozy is there and and you know, he adopts a, a, a goth girl who, I, if I remember correctly, is the daughter of a vampire. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, this this goes everywhere. This, this story just goes everywhere. But yeah, that so that's technically Plastic Man's third child in history. Yeah. I guess. <laughs> you know, which you know, for considering the kind of character he is, he's he's a family man. <laughs> Gets
1: a lot of action, Plastic Man. You know?
0: Jeez. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, you know, and as you said, it's, it's a great, it's a great series. It won five Eisners and it won one Harvey.
1: Did it really? And oh, good for, it, yeah. good for Kyle. Yeah. Oh, I always love Kyle Baker stuff. I, lo- I bought all of his books. Why I Hate Saturn and You Are Here and yeah. all that stuff. So just, it is that the book just doesn't feel like anything else DC was publishing or almost has ever published. Uh, it just feels like it's, its, own, it's like earth Kyle Baker, you know, it's just completely <laughs> its own, its own thing. Uh, but, I mean, so outside of that series, you know, Plastic Man was around. They did a Plastic Man 80-page giant in 2003, mm-hmm. which reprinted some Golden Age stories. They did a Plastic Man special, which featured some original stories by, there was one by Ty Templeton, another guy perfectly suited for Plastic Man. And then another fan surfaced outside the realm of comics, which seems surprising. Art Spiegelman, uh, Mouse, really? Mr. Mouse himself, uh, A, he drew a cover for The New Yorker. Of all things, featuring Plastic Man, mm. uh, Plastic Man at, a, at an art museum, which is just like what you know. <laughs> like, what is? What? Why is Plastic Man on the cover of the New Yorker? But then he did, along with Chip Kidd, an entire book about Plastic Man called "Jack Cole and Plastic Man Forms Stretch to Their Limits," and it's a combination history of Plastic Man and and probably maybe sixty forty biography of Jack Cole, who had a very difficult life and. I uh, killed himself uh you know as a relatively young man and so obviously had a very you know difficult life but yeah Yeah, i mean oh my god imagine that uh but i mean here's art spiegelman you know one of the most respected graphic artists in the medium's history telling everybody how much he loves plastic man (laughs) i mean what a strange idea and i assume you have this book
0: i do I have it right in front of me, actually. (laughs) Uh, I
1: love it. I love it. And one of the one of the nice touches, and I have to think that was this was a Chip Kid touch, because the book features some reprints of Plastic Man stories, and it's done like the paper is done to feel like newsprint. Mm -hmm. It's not that glossy, super high quality stuff, which to me sometimes ruins some of these older reprints. You know, to me, some of these comics don't look better on glossy paper; they look better on kind of cruddy paper. And so they actually
0: kind uh, of yellowed.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it's it's a beautiful book. It's an absolutely beautiful, really fascinating. I mean, said it's it's Spiegelman's love of Jack Cole is so obvious, but then just the fact that Plastic Man gets so there's so much of it about Plastic Man is is, is is again. Think about this guy. Here's another guy. Tough time selling a comic series. He's had an animated show, a toy, and now a book done about him by one of the most respected people ever in the medium. That's right. that's just remarkable. Okay, and
0: again, remarkable. Well, you know, and that's. I'm not sure how Plastic Man does it. I, I don't, <laughs> um, because it's it's interesting because it's it's this. I even hate to say it, almost you know second tier character because I, I don't I don't know how many people off the street would necessarily know who Plastic Man is, or you know they maybe have a vague memory of the cartoon or you know or something. But you know unless they you know they grew up on the '90s comics, but the um, you know I I don't know if it's if he's just visually appealing to artists and writers or or what it is but plastic man kind of fades in the background but he never really goes away no nope. and I'm, I'm not sure how he does that that's his superpower <laughs> he <laughs> never goes away but it, it is a great book and if i if i'm remembering correctly i think that actually started as a spiegelman article in the new yorker oh really with, oh and, and then, he did the the cover, and then it, they expanded it into the book.
1: Oh, I, I didn't know. I never knew that. Okay, interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a really cool book. It's a really cool book, and uh, you can get it on Amazon for uh, I'm looking at it right here nine bucks. So wow. Wow. get that. They get it. That's a really. I said anybody who appreciates the the art form and the biography of somebody who was really one of the great innovators of the of the medium. Yeah, you know, a book by an innovator about an innovator. Uh, pretty amazing, remi- and then you got the chip kid design which is always really very nice because the guy he just loves this stuff so yeah I mean a lot of amazing Plastic Man's making some decent coin for DC despite <laughs> the fact that he really can't move any of his own comics now obviously it did well enough because there are eight volumes of hardcovers as you mentioned at the top of the show there's eight editions in of right. archives uh, you know how many archive editions are of Aquaman one uh, so you know one
0: uh, I'm I want to guess.
1: You know, Plastic Man has eight, so pretty, you know, pretty darn good. Now, so they get yeah, they're their, beautiful. Yeah, they're, be- yeah, they're a beautiful books. So, so you know, they reprint as you point out. There's two editions of the Kyle Baker ones, and there's eight of these uh, archives. So then, Plastic Man is pretty much again, I think, gone for a while. Um, right? He's not really much of anywhere uh, in the comics. His last,
0: no, he he makes an appearance in in Justice. In the that's Oswald. right. He's
1: in Justice. That's right. I forgot about
0: uh, that. He's in Justice. Yeah, and that's 2005 to 2007. And then he makes an appearance in uh, a special Green Lantern Plastic Man Weapons of Mass Deception.
1: Wow, I have no memory of that at all. I don't even remember yeah. that. I, no, I don't it's think not, I ever saw that. That's
0: it, it's not very memorable. It's it, it's, a, it's a Kyle Rayner story. Which is interesting because he kind of treats Plastic Man like crap the entire time. Hmm. Because you know he thinks he's just kind of a goof. But... Plastic Man goes undercover as Eel, and, and, and you know he he, he kind of keeps Eel the way Batman keeps Matches Malone. <laughs> he right, uses, right, right. uses uses that as an alter ego to get into the crime, you know, areas. And he um, and Al Rayner kind of gains a respect for Plastic Man because he realizes that you know he knows what he's doing. <laughs> you know, he's he's not new to this, and and you know it's it, it's it's an interesting story. But, yeah, and that that came out in um, February 2011. Was well, that's, that's the cover date. And he doesn't show up again because that's right around when the New 52 happened. Right. He makes a brief cameo in Justice League International Number 1, and that's it for a while. And then three years later, uh, EO O'Brien makes appearance in Justice League 25, which is a for evil, forever evil tie-in, which I would have totally missed if other people hadn't told me about
1: it. <laughs> yeah. <'Cause, laughs> I understand that, yeah.
0: Yeah, I, w- I was not reading for every Right, it looks great. It's Doug Mankey and Jeff Johns is writing, um, and so it looks really good. And that is another appearance of Skizzle Shanks. Believe Jeez. it or not. Wow. <laughs> he has he has three appearances in in uh, DC history, and uh, yeah, and they kind of they show eel falling into a vat and becoming you know stretchy and plasticky, but then that's it, and that's his last appearance. Hmm. That w- which was in two thousand thirteen. Right. And that was the last time we saw Plastic Man.
1: Okay, so they're clearly priming him for a comeback in the New Fifty Two, and now now that Convergence is going to be happening, he
0: is going to be in Plastic Man and the, the Freedom Fighters.
1: Oh, I don't think I knew that. Oh, geez. Yeah. Okay.
0: It's a two a two issue miniseries, um, and the first issue will come out on uh, April twenty ninth.
1: Oh, that's one of those. Okay, I knew, I knew, I was aware of some of the Convergence. So I knew, and I think I even knew there was a Freedom Fighters book, but I don't think I knew Plastic Man was involved. Well, that's great. Awesome. That's really cool. Now, before we, before we fully wrap up, we do need to mention one other set of appearances Plastic Man had, again in animation, and that, of course, is in Batman Brave and the Bold, as you mentioned. Oh,
0: I'm sorry. Can I say, can I say one more thing? Oh, about sure, Buzz sure, sure. Types? I'm sorry. It's written by Simon Oliver, uh, who did The Exterminators. Uh, John McRae, who's probably the most well-known for Hitman. Uh, but the covers are being done by Hillary Barta. Who really? Did the- uh, 80s one uh, miniseries, yeah. Oh, that's cool. Oh, geez. Gilbert is gonna be doing those covers, that's so I can't. Crazy. I can't wait for those.
1: Yeah. Oh, well, definitely. Oh, that's great. That's really great. Oh, that's nice job, DC. Whoever decided that. That's a good idea. <laughs> right?
0: That that I was I was delighted to hear that. Yeah. I thought that was really great.
1: Yeah, that is. So, oh yeah, well, I yeah. Well, now I know I'm gonna have to pick those up along with the Aquaman ones. I'll have to at least be picking those up. Uh, but yeah. But so before we before we sign off, we really have to mention that Placeman Man did appear. Multiple times in the Batman: Brave and the Bold TV series, of course he did because it was a humor, much more humorous show, and Plastic Man fits right in on there. Uh, he looked beautiful on the show, and he was kind of, in terms of the merchandising, like one of the more marquee characters. I mean, he appeared on a lot of the merchandise. I mean, whoever decides these things, I guess it was Warner Brothers, had to pick, you know, a handful of characters that tended to appear on all the merchandise along with Batman. And it was usually Aquaman was clearly one of the big ones. Thank you, Brave and the Bold. Uh, but it was you—you you pretty often saw when it was Batman if they had room for Batman and other characters. It was Batman, Aquaman, Green Arrow, Red Tornado, and Plastic Man. Like you saw Plastic Man on a lot of stuff, right. and I thought that was really great. I mean, it was like really cool to have him, you know, on the uh, you know be that prevalent and all like you know uh, kids' party hats and. You know, it was, I did all different kinds of, you know, goofy stuff. And there's Plastic Man again. I thought that was really cool.
0: And, and he, he really seemed to resonate with viewers. You know, because you know, I I you know I have Google alerts and that sort of thing. And when, whenever it would come up, it was always people just kind of raving about Brave and the Bold Plastic Man. People just love that character, which is you know, which is great. And I'm sorry to uh, you know, I'm, I'm glad he made appearances. He made appearances in every season. Uh, he he appeared twice in season two, but the cartoon itself only lasted three seasons. Right. <laughs> so, but he but he showed up four times, which is pretty good.
1: Played by Tom Kenny of right. SpongeBob SquarePants fame.
0: <laughs> right. Right. But it was you know he he, you know. He fought Gorilla Grodd. He uh, teamed up with the Freedom Fighters at one point. Baby Plaz made, a, made a, an appearance. Uh, in that same episode, actually, he has a wife named Ramona, which I thought was a nice nod, because uh, I'm, I'm going to assume that that's a reference to Ramona Freydon. And, you know, it was, it was just a great thing to see. It was, it was really nice to see uh, animated Plastic Man again. And, of course, he, he was also uh, in the DC Nation shorts, that's right. You know, and those and those were um, <laughs> I like those. It was it was nice to see Plastic Man, but I think I preferred the Brave and the Bull Plastic Man to those.
1: Okay. I mean I yeah. say I love the Brave and the Bull. I thought the Brave and the Bull show was just nearly perfect. I could have watched that for twenty yeah. seasons if they decided to yeah. do it. But that was just so so fun. Um, and it was yeah, you know, like in the, the final episode up Riven the bowl, which I actually feel silly even saying, it's got a little melancholy in that final scene of them all at a big party together, where Batman yeah. like literally turns to the camera and says goodbye, and like just to see all the mm. heroes there all together, like they were at a big mixer. I was like, oh, so <laughs> sweet, just to see. Yeah, you know, and you see Plastic Man there along with everybody else. It was just, it was really great. So, but it was you know, kids. You know, like kids love these characters growing up because they have them a lot of times. They either see them as a kid or they have them you know, like in their lives, they have the toys and think about it, there'll be a whole generation of kids that grew up on brave and the bold stuff and plastic man will be like, you know, there'll be kids years from now going, Oh man, you know, I had these cool party favors and it had plastic man on it and Aquaman. And be- like, I love that idea. Cause that's the stuff. That's the love I had for my super friends party favors when I was a kid and I had my birthdays. So, you know, yeah, it was really neat. So I love that, that plastic Man's just consistently been around again very similar to Aquaman, can't quite sell a comic book for too long. Right. Aquaman's doing better now, but still, you know, <laughs> Aquaman still hasn't gotten past seventy-five issues, so I'm still, I'm, you know, okay. <laughs> Plastic Man hasn't been able to get past twenty. No, that's both, that's his most recent record. Yeah, both yeah. both series, uh, the seventy series ended at twenty, and the Kyle Baker ended at twenty. So, but I, you know, I don't see why he couldn't do it again. And um, so he's he's really cool character. So we both love him so much uh before we again, i don't know i guess we're ready to wrap up i thought i'll tell you max when we were prepping this show i thought we would get about 45 minutes out of this topic
0: <laughs>
1: and we've been talking for almost two hours now <laughs> I, about plastic
0: man and i could keep going i could keep going. this is it's very easy for me to talk about plus Plastic, and there there's so much to to say about him i mean there's you know we we only kind of touched on the on you know the the artistry of Jack Cole and how how beautiful that work really is. You know, there's he's Plastic Man is out there. He's he um, is a little bit under the radar, but he's you know he's um, he was a very collectible figure with Hero Clicks. You know. Oh, yeah, the uh, Hero Clicks. Yeah. Yeah, you know. I mean, everyone wanted that mailbox that looked like pla- <laughs> that had the Plastic Man colors on it. You can buy a and,
1: you can buy your you can buy an iPhone cover that looks like Plastic Man.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I just, I bought a keychain the other day of Plastic Man. You know, he, he is, he uh, he never is too far away, it seems like. And, that, and that's great. That, I think that's that's a great testimony to to what a good character he is.
1: Well, that leads in perfectly to, we'll wrap up with this, like your blog. Let's talk about your blog for a minute. I mean, why did you start it? Why did you start the Plastic Man blog? Uh,
0: for a couple of reasons. For one, because I've, i uh there are a lot of characters that I, I really enjoy and I enjoy talking about, um, but one that I kept coming back to was, was Plastic Man to the point that I thought I am just going to do a blog about Plastic Man because there is, you know, plenty of material to talk about, a lot of things to see. And again, he's, he's a character who has been, he's he's always kind of on the periphery but not necessarily out front. And I, and I kind of wanted to, to put him out front. And, and also, it's just it's a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun for me to be able to... It gives me an excuse right, <laughs> to go right, to right. back and read all these comics and to talk about them. And, and to kind of try and introduce this 74-year-old character at this point um, to people who, who, who have only gotten bits and pieces of, of, uh, of his history.
1: Very cool. Very cool. Now, I mean uh, it's at, it's it plasticman this is just it's plasticman.com, right? That's the address?
0: It's it's plasticman.wordpress.com. That
1: wordpress.com. Okay, all right. wordpress.com. And I mean are you um, I, for people who haven't visited if they want to are you doing like are you analyzing the comics or are you looking at or are you just sort of smorgasbording and going all around?
0: Uh, I'm kind of doing a, a little bit of everything. Um You know, I I put things out as, you know, any kind of new Plastic Man stuff, you know, comes up. You know, like, for instance, you know, the the Convergence story, uh, that keychain that I mentioned, I was very excited about. Um, But I also uh, highlight panels, especially from the Golden Age. Um, There's a a, a regular series called It's Woozy Wednesday, (laughs) which is a Mm -hmm. panel just just featuring Woozy. And yeah, I'm going to I'm going to start getting into uh, just kind of I hate to use the word dissecting, but getting more into into the stories and kind of reviewing those. And I'm probably going to start reviewing uh, the uh, cartoon also. Oh,
1: that'll be fun.
0: Yeah. And and, uh, you know, just doing that sort of thing. It's all it's all Plastic Man all the time.
1: Very cool. All right. That's that that, we're going to go out with that. It's Plastic Man all the time. (laughs) <laughs> so uh, anyway, I said uh, thank you so much for doing the show, man. I appreciate it. I, I hope I, I'm sure everybody enjoyed it because we love Plastic Man. I know there are other people who love Plastic Man. Um, if you want to find Max, you can go to itsplasticman.wordpress.com. If you can want to find me, uh, MichaelMentor.net. Shag is at FirestormFan.com. Of course, you can shoot us an email at. Podcast at net. you can follow the Tumblr which is Fire and uh, again thanks for doing the show Max I really appreciate it I hope you had fun
0: I had a ton of fun thanks for having me on Rob
1: awesome like I said everybody go to visit Max's blog it's com. it is just a ton of much like the character itself it's a ton of fun so go check it out and uh, until next week fan of flame and ride the wave and stretch the plastic
0: <laughs> aquaman and firestorm fighting crime together soak 'em down or burn them up no one does it better whenever you find trouble they'll always be there to catch them in a bubble or even torch their hair stand for truth and justice and see on land if air. We're friends forever. Yeah!
1: I'm all packed and ready to go. And I'll see you next time on the Plastic Man Comedy Adventure Show. So long!